right, yo, episode 22 Ooh, of the Alex and Koku podcast. Yes. Yo, we made it. This, this is the real it. Taylor Swift episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real Taylor Swift episode. Not Taylor. I, I, I don't know about y'all. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, we riding on 22s. Hey, really? <laughs> we are out oh. here, bro. Paul Wall. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Paul Wall. There was that a uh, trend going around that was like, "What's something that? Uh, what's something that feels black but isn't black?" Yeah. And Paul Seeing Wall. On Absolutely. <laughs> is it Paul Wall from Georgia or is he from Florida? Houston. He's from Houston? Yes. Houston. Oh, I had no clue. I thought he was yeah. from El South. But Texas. Paul Wall. <laughs> chunk up, chunk up the deuce. You think, you think Paul Wall ever met Paul Walker? Ooh. That's, maybe at the <laughs> maybe at the barbershop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Walker definitely went to a black barbershop. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> they were cutting his hair too fast, too furious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, two twos. We back. Full circle. You see, you see, we back at it. Yeah. Uh, it's your boy Alex, and uh, yeah, happy to be here uh, as always. And you know, it's me, your gracious co-host, Koku Asamoah, just here for the ride. Wow. So pleasant. <laughs> But you know, we got a we got a special guest on the podcast today. Yes, sir. You probably you probably probably heard her voice coming through your headphones. Uh, Jade, <laughs> do you wanna you wanna introduce yourself? Tell the people what you're about. Sure. My name is Jade Powell, and I'm just a magical black girl from Atlanta. Ooh. That's it. Hell yeah. <laughs> the most Hell magical. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Well, Jade, welcome to the podcast. We're uh, super excited to have you on. And uh, so just a little background for how we got connected. So uh, I met Jade via Twitter. Uh, She is a uh, social media. uh, She's in social as well. She was a Delta is now head of social at Sunwink. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So is at Sunwink, uh, which if you're not following them, uh, connect with them and get 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 tapped in. Uh, they're they're doing dope stuff and are gonna be even doper now that Jade is at the helm. Uh, but yeah, we met through Twitter and uh, realized that we were two black people in this brand social media space who both hated capitalism and uh, (laughs) wanted black people to shine. And so we decided, yo, let's, uh, let's be friends. And so through zoom chats and wow, uh, group texts and all that, we are now here at this moment of recording together. (laughs) How how did you guys cross paths on Twitter? Because Twitter is like an ever expanding landscape. How could you possibly? Yeah. 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 I mean, Jade, you want to, Please talk about it because I, uh, you're, <laughs> so you're I've like got... the marketing Twitter queen. <laughs> mm. So it's interesting because I guess since the pandemic started, there's like a lot of people that are obviously using social media more than normal. So this kind of community of marketing people just grew out of what seems to me like nowhere. Um, and we all just kind of started talking to each other. 
Um, but I think obviously as most black, black people do, uh, the first thing I noticed is like, I was one of the very few black people <laughs> in this space and this community on Twitter. And I was like on a mission to find other black marketers. Um, even just in my, like my own career, I don't work with a lot of black marketers. So for me, I was just like doing hunts basically to find my tribe and I wanted to start setting up like coffee chats with people because you know Twitter is like cool social media is cool but you don't really get to know people until you talk to them offline because there's no like you know pressure to maintain an image and mm, totally. Alex was one of the people I connected with and we hit it off instantly and now he's like my long distance anti-capitalist Jamaican brother <laughs> Ooh, yes, yes that's quite the title yes, yes um, that's my new yeah that's 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 my new job title anti-capitalist Jamaican brother <laughs> honestly if I were to describe you I think that's the perfect way to describe that's, you. That's beautiful. You know what? I I appreciate that. I'm gonna put it on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll put that in our merch line. <laughs> short, short, corny kings and anti-capitalist Jamaican brother. It's very specific clothing. Like you can't like <laughs> like you either There's relate a- to. <laughs> You either relate to all of it or none of it. Like right. There's a there's a very limited market, but yes. we're uh, you know, we're we're really trying to engage with the, the people who are really about it. Mm-hmm. Very niche audience. Very <laughs> niche. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jay, the way that we usually start our show is uh just by talking about what we've been listening to recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if you have anything off the cuff that you want to share. We can hold it for a second. I already All right, you Whoa. already got it. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> so I just have to start by saying hello to Wizkid if you are listening. Yes, <laughs> yes. That album is like to so superior. I just oh my god. I haven't heard an album that good in so long like and i'm very like weird with music because i'll hear songs and i think like a lot of people that blow it up on twitter and it's like all over the media and then i'll hear it and like it takes me like a good 10 times doesn't matter who it is like as much as i love beyonce and rihanna it could be them too like i'll have to listen to it like 10 times to really get into it Mm-hmm. But I like the first song that played <laughs> on the track list on Wizkid's album. I was like, "What? Yo, <laughs> like it is it's, amazing." <laughs> like I think what gets me each time that I listen to it is the horns. Like yes. the horns and all the songs. <laughs> oh my god! Like yeah. I haven't not there aren't any albums I've listened to this year outside of that one that right. have like had i feel like instrumentation that sort of like hit me in that way but the horns on that album are crazy yeah it's it's excellent and i just love like especially me just being a caribbean person but lover of my african roots and heritage i'm just like it's like the perfect balance for me because he even had like um one of the marley brothers on it Mm. and i was just kind of like Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like, this is what I want to hear for the rest of my yeah. life. Such a good yeah. Like, I love Afrobeat, always have. Um, but just to have, like, that addition of dancehall and reggae in it, too, is such a vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's so fire. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that album up, because <laughs> that's been in my rotation as well. I gotta um, check this out. Yeah. Yeah, you okay. gotta peep it. <laughs> but... 
for me, it is, you know, we're starting to hit that time of the year where the uh, best albums of 2020 lists are starting to hit, which is, uh, for me, always a really stressful time because yeah. I usually do my own list and it's something I, I don't do it for, you know, anybody else but me <laughs> and because it's something that I enjoy like just figuring out like hey what were the albums that sort of like shaped my year and uh and so I've been like throughout the year like listing the different albums that have uh that I've been rocking with and am now at the point where it's like all right we got to start making some decisions <laughs> and cutting some ones that aren't gonna make it into the uh into the final list and so a lot of this week has just been like listening to some of the albums that I connected with maybe earlier in the year or at other parts in the year, but haven't picked up in a while, but still remember like, oh, they were super dope when I heard them. So mm -hmm. uh, the Omar Apollo Apollon Apollonio album, I think it is. Mm -hmm. uh, that joint is so cool. Um, I was listening to... Uh, Casey Hills, Is It Selfish If We Talk Again uh, earlier? And that one is, I think, like, is produced or co-written or whatever with Francis and the Lights. And so that album has, like, a really cool sound to it. Uh, but then also, uh, I've been listening to, I got onto it late, but uh, Flo Millie's Ho oh, Why Is You Here? <laughs> oh my god yo flow millie shit that, that is flow millie shit yo it's so fire it's like 30 minute album but like literally every song i was like hitting heart 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 uh because yeah she she goes in like that's that's gotta be one of the top five probably even top three like hip-hop projects of the oh year. snap i gotta go back to it because She's just a fun listen all around. Like you can't, yeah, totally. you can't not enjoy yourself while listening to Fomili. Like I, mean, I, I feel like the baddest bitch around. <laughs> oh, the baddest. I go bad. <laughs> yo, the 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 confidence I had. Uh, I almost, I, I almost, yo, I almost got like a thirty inch Brazilian wavy. Like I, I was this close. Yes, I did. <laughs> this close to ordering it. Yeah. I'm dead. Yes, oh I my did. god. I had to snap I had to snap out of it. I was like, oh snap. That was a yeah, close nah, one. Nah, nah, it's 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 too real. It's too real. She is uh <laughs> but yeah, you know what, she's out here. It, it's great because it, it kind of feels like and I was talking to one of my sisters. I said one of my sisters, I have eight. <laughs> um, I was talking to my sister about this. Um I feel like 2020 has been like this, well, even 2019 has been like these great years for like female rappers and female artists that are just like busting down doors. But it's like, not only are they rapping, they're like dancing, doing full on choreography and mm -hmm. like sometimes singing. And I'm like here for all of it. And I'm just <laughs> totally. like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. I love to see it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think what's, and I've been thinking about this, I feel like what is, what's become clear to me over the past few years is like, and this is probably just true of society as well, but I feel like black women are really like just pushing it, not even in terms of just like productivity and all that, but like mm -hmm. actually like engaging with themselves, like soul work, like engaging mm -hmm. with the world and just like kind of 
the like society at large and what people actually need. And it's unfortunate because like a lot of, you know, I think with a lot of, uh, you know, specifically within like hip hop rap, like a lot of these black dudes that we've kind of looked at over the years as sort of like the figureheads of the industry, like have sort of become people that we're looking at now and we're like, yo, what are they doing? Like, what are they on right now? And yeah, I mean, you could say that for anyone. Like we talk about Kanye a lot, but mm-hmm. also you look at like an ice cube or you look at a, uh, you know, all the stuff that was happening with like 50 Cent and Lil Wayne and stuff like that. And it's like. Problematic. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Or even, uh, yeah. I mean, we've even talked about like the, the J. Cole joint with No Name. And it's just mm-hmm. like, man, there's a it's almost like hip hop is outgrowing yeah. <laughs> like so many of these like narratives that have been like uh shared by black men over over the years that we've sort mm-hmm. of gotten used to so it's like i think it's super dope that we have like the no names and the flow millies and like mm-hmm. the the uh you know some of these other some of these other artists that are like coming out and they're just you know the megans who are just like yo not only can we rap but like we're also like we out here reading we're out here like (laughs) educated like we're you know we're 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 out here creating in the ways that we want to create and sort of pushing the pushing the envelope there so i think it's super dope and jade i'm glad you brought that up because i feel like that's been you know definitely over the past few years like that shift seems very clear yeah absolutely yeah it's great to see for sure for sure um but for me I've been um I was watching this live stream yesterday because Anderson Park and Knowledge um together to go by No Worries, they are premiering a new song and they're doing it under 88 Rising, the uh I think it's a South Korean label. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're doing like an all-day stream, and I started listening to some new artists from there. So of course I was listening to Anderson Park and um Knowledge, but there's this one artist, South Korean man. I think it goes by down is D V W N. And it, it just sounded like just some smooth jazz. And he has a beautiful Ooh. voice. Like it was so good. I was um I'm part of a I I, I go on Discord a lot. And like the whole chat's like, yo, this man is killing it. This man is so <laughs> this dude is too clean. Like it was just so relaxing. It was like probably one of the best voices I've heard all year. Like if you really want to check it out. I, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming it's down DVWN, um, but other than him, I've been listening to this guy named Bakar. He's this UK artist, really smooth voice, kind of like a indie rock vibe. Okay. Um, then um, Tuxedo, uh, Jake One and Mayor Hawthorne. Mayor Hawthorne. Oh yeah, yeah. Super super dope. Jake One's one of my favorite producers. If you love, if you love hip hop, you love production. I say you follow him on Instagram. Cause he always does like um those questions on the stories and he always like he answers every single one like that's like, always the best so good like if you ask some questions about um like making it in the industry like one time i said it was like hey can you make it as a producer without learning how to play an instrument and he's like oh, i was like yeah of course you can it's gonna be hard but i know some dudes who made like millions of dollars who can't play a single chord so like mm. things like that like he interacts with his fans and stuff oh. um, but Tuxedo itself, if you want that that disco, that that seventies and eighties feel, oh my god, you will have a good time. Like it's <laughs> so dope. Tuxedo one, two, and three 
all on any streaming platform. It's so yeah. fun. Hell yeah. I'm going to listen. One of the th- it's funny because like obviously with me having Jamaican parents, I grew up like on a lot of reggae and dance hall. But mm-hmm. one thing I will always appreciate for my parents is like introducing me to like 70s soul. Like yeah. when I tell you that is like good music. Even oh my God. now I'm still listening to it. Like mm-hmm. I, I got my Spotify. Um, yes. I was just about <laughs> to ask you about this. Yes. And it was Get like rap. the first song was Love Ballad by LTD, which is like oh a classic <laughs> 70s song. So good. And I was like, I have literally listened to this song like 80 billion times. It's so good. It, it's like, so good. We kind of talked about that before with um Garrick and Amber, how like our parents had these these life-changing icons of artists totally. and how like that's like um, trickled over to our generation and how, how strong that music carries over. Like that's something like this unexplainable, like yeah. how to yeah. transition through time and different avenues and different lives. Ugh. Yeah. Me and my, uh, me and my homie Q growing up, uh, we used <laughs> to like, we would go over each other's houses like back in high school because like we both were at uh like i was definitely at a school that was like mostly white so i wasn't seeing a lot of black people but like he wasn't seeing a whole lot of black people where he was at either but like our parents ended up uh becoming friends through like some mutual friends or whatever and so him and i would always hang out and one of the things that we randomly did one night we were just like starting to talk about like the quiet storm and like <laughs> slow jam radio and stuff. Yeah. And we were like, yo, like, where is this music now? Like we gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta make a playlist with all this stuff. So we made this playlist called the sleep mix. And it was just like seventies, eighties, nineties, like RV slow jams, but like love ballads on there. Uh, it was like some some voice of men. There was some usher. Like Ooh. it's it's so so good. But it was like the thing that I remember like being over his, at his house one time uh, during like New Year's. And like as soon as the clock struck midnight, we were like, all right, what's the first song that's gonna open up the year? <laughs> and I think it was like like Isley Brothers, like Caravan of Love or something oh, that's like a that. Good one. And it was like, yo. Okay. The mix. It could never die. It <laughs> could old, never die. How old were y'all? We were probably, oh man, probably like sophomores or juniors in wow. high school. You're like 16. <laughs> yeah. But like the souls of old men, like the wait, souls what? of old, like old ass men. Like just <laughs> old ass, like, oh it, my it's God. Different. Like, and it it's different. It's different. Generationally, like, mm-hmm. even just like this, it's so funny because I see it happen every year, but it's like, there's just these pockets of people that are realizing that like Bobby Caldwell is a white man and he's <laughs> so, he's love. And it's so funny because I'm like, our parents knew this information, but they never shared it to us. Yeah, y'all never like, told us, y'all hold it secret. I, th- I think that's so funny because I was just thinking about that today because I was listening to some um, Roy Ayers. I was like, huh, he kind of sounds like um, Bobby Caldwell a little bit, like on this song. Or Bobby Caldwell kind of sounds like him. Yeah. I was like, no wonder, like, people were confused because they thought, like, they had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But it it just, like, that, I think that kind of just, like, speaks to the time, though. Just, like, music that was coming out back then was just so, like, 
it had so much more meaning and just like yeah. strength and like there was so much story behind it and not to say that that's not the case now i just think it's like a different generation like i think music has changed a lot especially mm -hmm. now because people are all about just like being on the charts and trying totally. to get the grammys and sometimes that art gets taken out of the the music because they're trying to win awards Capitalism yeah. at its finest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there's uh I had just sent Koku this Instagram post last night and it was uh a tweet from uh it was from Variety, but it was a Roddy Rich quote. Mm -hmm. And he was saying essentially the quote is like music isn't gonna be progressive when you're putting something out every three months because you ain't been through nothing. I have to give myself time to actually go through things so I can speak on it and have a new understanding of life. And I wanted to get into that a little bit just cause I think like Jade, to your point, like, yeah, the, the industry has changed so much. And especially, you know, you bring in the social media element of it with like, you know, not only the streaming channels, but also you now have like a platform like TikTok that's sort of like shifting the way that people are creating music and thinking about releases and whatnot. And so I wanted to get like y'all's take just on sort of not only Roddy's perspective there and his point there, but also just like kind of how the the current, like the current state of things in music, like kind of who you see that like impacting in a good way and also like maybe some ways that like it may not be going as well. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because it's like the first person I think of, obviously, is like Rihanna. She like, like and <laughs> she has obviously been on this like very long term um, hiatus. Yeah, she is on. She is on hell of a the, the longest vacation. The longest vacation. <laughs> she and, forgot. She forgot she can sing at this exactly. point. <laughs> and everyone is like harassing her like where's the album re when are we gonna get the album she's just like i just want you to buy these panties and these makeup and this totally. hair routine and i think i was definitely one of those people in the beginning that was like harassing her in her comments like can you please just do <laughs> the album mm -hmm. <laughs> like i love everything else that you're doing but give us the album but i think too i kind of had to realize like like we cannot force this woman to create because if we are like trying to pressure her or put all this onus on her just like pumping out this album immediately like she's gonna give us trash work so it's one of those things like with any other type of project in life that you're working on that's creative you have to allow people the space to create on their own terms mm -hmm. you can't totally pressure on them um and i think that applies to a lot of different things in life you just like have to allow people the grace in their own space to just do what they need to do to produce a project that they'll love and that will make them happy. And I think that's what she's doing. She's just like, yeah. I, I know you guys heard I'm working on this reggae album, but I'm taking my time. When the music does drop, yeah, I can't wait to hear about this ASAP Rocky period of time wow. right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is I don't know if they are dating or not, but that is a beautiful couple if they are. I hope beautiful. I never been so invested in something like in a, like another person's relationship in my life, but <laughs> this is when I hope really works. Oh, <laughs> I need it. 
I mean, I, I certainly it. thought her relationship with the Saudi billionaire was gonna mm. <laughs> last for a while, <laughs> but Yo. Brianna just likes some hood dudes. <laughs> what? Riri. Riri. Remember when she was rumored to go out with Travis Scott? Yeah, but I that think was, that when was that? But I think that was because people were confusing him with ASAP. <laughs> nah, that's honestly, <laughs> honestly, actually, they. <laughs> too real that's too damn real <laughs> oh no but have you guys not seen they were confusing him with push a t or that oh my dude. god oh my god i see some videos where people like will intentionally call travis scott asap or vice versa and they would be like they get pissed like why would you <laughs> like what the fuck is that it sounds like some sounds like some stuff tyler the creator would do <laughs> 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 oh my god um but to speak on um jade's jade's point and um yours too um or like i guess what roddy rich was saying i think it's more about giving an artist space to create and i i guess that they can create something within three months that's completely different than what they had before that's cool too i think it's all about space time because a lot can happen in a month a lot can happen in a week Totally. And they can reflect that um, in the way they wish to. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just all about giving them space. I think I, I do believe that they can create something in three months, but you shouldn't push them to. Because like you look at some old artists and they like release stuff every year and it's still like fantastic work. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the like the somebody in the comments of the post brought up like Griselda and all this stuff yeah. that, like, that crew is doing where it's just like like hit after hit album after it's. album after album it's like that uh like that oh oh five oh six Lil wayne run with mm-hmm. the mixtapes man it's crazy yeah <laughs> or just like nikki's features when she first came out that girl was totally totally on everybody's yeah. song and she that. made every single one so much more fire <laughs> totally there i mean there is some like if I think like over the years and I'm like, man, some of the greatest runs that I've seen, I feel like that, like, yeah, that run of Nikki features, incredible. That run of like two chains features where he was just mm. popping on songs and just like ripping them up. But also <laughs> even earlier, the T Pain run. Oh, oh yeah. like <laughs> that may be undefeated. Like, I don't know how yeah. you can con- like, oh my God. Yo, what, what, what makes me so. S- sad about t-pain is i was watching an interviewer might have been like a clip or something where he was talking about oh he did all these features for artists for free pro bono and like he expected them to do that same thing for his album he released it but like all the features like he did for free they never returned a favor for him oh wow i didn't yeah like at least i'm not gonna say oh probably most of them because you know he had like wayne on some tracks and stuff but like the amount that he did versus the amount that he got was not reciprocated politely horrible and like it's not like t-pain is gonna make a a trash song with you like he he's too talented a talented (laughs) man ah man much love to t-pain for uh i hope he's i hope he's doing okay yeah yeah you know (laughs) one more t-pain fact you know when like he he cut off his hair (laughs) then he 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 braided his own cut off Locks back into his hair. Stop this. Because he he felt like when he cut his... (laughs) 
he felt like when he cut his hair, he lost his power. Wait this a minute. is 100% no, factual. No. 100% factual. This man thought he was Samson. Not where I thought you were going. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh. I'm telling you. Um, yo, how does like, that logistically, how does that even? <laughs> like, look at his, like, his, his NPR performance. That's like 2014. I'm so his, his hair was short, but now his hair is like super long now. Like, right. You How can't grow that much information. T-Pain. <laughs> the T-Pain facts. The T-Pain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is wild. I mean, but put, even Pusha T said the power's in my hair. So like, there may be some truth to it. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I mean, it does grow out of your scalp. Oh. Close to your bone. <laughs> Right, right. I, it's, I mean, there's a kid. Yo, open your third eye. There might be a connection. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my god. What do you What do you think about the whole thing? Like artists um, having to should wait to release a song or release a new project or you know go through some life experiences, Alex. I mean, I feel like it depends on your like what's your idea of success you know because i feel like that i see that in uh you know in terms of like any industry like marketing whatever it may be mm. like we all kind of have like we're all operating from our own different understandings and ideas of what success is and so like what that looks like for jade like may not necessarily be what it looks like for me. They may be like incredibly similar, but like, I think it is something to, uh, I think it is something to consider just in terms of like, you may have like a, I don't know, like a Benny the Butcher or something like that, who like, he's he's on a, or let me use West Side Gun for an example, like West Side Gun putting out like album after album this year has probably put out like two, three projects mm -hmm. and like is still like killing it. I think like Freddie Gibbs is at a similar situation this mm -hmm. year where like he's put out multiple projects, at least, you know, within the past like six to 12 months or whatever. And mm -hmm. so like in terms of like their understanding, their idea of what success is and like what they want to see, you know, metrically or you know, even just in terms of like their own, like their own understanding of being like satisfied with themselves, like that may be like all good and, and, and you know, in, in line with what they want, but it may not necessarily like, it's not going to necessarily be the same thing as like Frank mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or, or Solange, like the way that they're approaching this of like kind of, you know, taking their time and, and letting, you know, kind of letting these life experiences build and doing the things that they want to do creatively and popping up in the places that they want to pop up at. <laughs> and there's probably like a sense of like, you know, how much do you want to be out there and in front of people? How much do you not want to be out there and in front of people with them as well? So I don't know. That's kind of my take on it. It's probably the cop out answer of like, <laughs> do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. But wait. also, but yeah. also like, I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to tell somebody like, nah, like <laughs> put out stuff every three, four years rather than just like, yeah. you know, have a run of stuff every few months or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like telling someone like to wait might do the same damage um, 
it's selling someone to rush to make music because like if they're in that moment right now like there's so many times i have ideas they're like oh i'm just gonna wait to like write it down when i get home i completely forget it or like i'm not in the mood to do it anymore i feel like sometimes it can be spur of the moment well i guess that's the thing oh i oh um hmm sorry i just got this one like six <laughs> a, different a times brain, brain blast <laughs> <laughs> I think um, so. To speak on this, Childish Gambino, I feel like it's a good example for me. Um, between um, Camp and Because the Internet, both of them are drastically different projects. Um, oh, sounded right. different, different production, all this different stuff. But in between that, he released a mixtape called Royalty in 2012. Shout out Stone Mountain. Stone Mountain, Georgia. <laughs> You going back to the same? Going to the south? I grew up. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but I didn't like royalty because it was something different than Charles Gambino would have usually done, and I think that's kind of like mixtapes were made for, or like, or just like singles or like stuff like that, just for an artist to try something else, not too much, not put too much thought in it. Like they can still release music at any interview because at the end of the day music is fun to them that's their that's their joy so like it doesn't always have to be a conceptual thought-provoking mind-blowing thing even though that's stuff i like when i listen to albums but at the end of the day the artists can have as much fun as they want so i don't think i think this is wrong i think this is wrong (laughs) (laughs) it's like not wrong but i just feel like Artists can do whatever they literally might be a cop out answer too, but artists can do whatever they want. You're but wrong, I, Roddy Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, that's the thing, though, right? Mm-hmm. The the gag is as humans, we can all do what we want. <laughs> period, mm-hmm. and it doesn't like we don't need to answer to anyone but ourselves. Yeah, totally. And I, th- <laughs> I mean, one of the things that is probably missing from the conversation is also like what is the impact of like the record company that they're with, or if they're uh-huh. with the label, if they're independent, if they're not, cause like, that's obviously going to come into play too, just in terms of like, we want you to have X number of projects done by this certain date or whatever, or like, if it's more independent, like you probably have a little bit more flexibility just in terms of like, when you release, when you want to release, how you release, all that stuff. So I feel like that probably comes into play too, where then we get sort of these like, you know, these commercial releases every now and then they're like, don't sound like that artist that we know and love because there was sort of a, you know, a deadline that was put on them in terms of like when they needed to deliver on that. Damn. Mm -hmm. Uh, Damn. Labels. Labels gutting the artist's soul. Do you guys have any songs you like to listen to when you travel? Like, what's your go-to album or project or playlist when you travel? What's your what's your travel vibes? It's funny. Like, I'm definitely not. So people will ask me, like, what's your favorite album or what's your favorite artist? Like, I can never answer those questions because I love a variety of songs and I more so go for vibes. I literally am the person that curates my playlist for Ooh, a, a, a vibe curator. Food. Yes, I am. I'm like I have a chill vibes playlist. I have Ooh. a what I call a summer breeze playlist. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. It really just depends on like what mood I'm in. 
but definitely when I'm traveling, I like to be a very calm traveler because traveling can be anxious. So it depends on like where I'm going, what type of season it is, but I love to listen to like a jazz playlist or again, my chill vibes playlist that has like a little bit of lo-fi hip hop on it or um, chill hop, whatever you want to call it. Um, maybe some soul, a little R&B. And then sometimes I get into like vacation mode and I'm like listening to salsa and bachata. So do you uh, like, do you ever like shape the music that you're listening to around like the specific city that you're going to? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I remember I went to where did I go? Last year I went to San Juan in Puerto Rico and I had like a whole salsa playlist and bachata playlist because duh, <laughs> I knew yeah. what I was going to hear when I went down there, especially some reggaeton as well. Totally. Um, if I'm like going to the Caribbean, it'll be a lot of Caribbean music. Um, if I'm going to a place where I know there are going to be a lot of like um, Afro influence, I'll do some African music. It really just depends. Yeah. Always like on the mood. I think like seasonality has a lot to do with it too, because I tend to go more calm and chill when it's like colder outside. Yeah. Yeah. That's tight. That's tight. That's, I, I went to uh, for one of our Jenny's shop openings last year. I went to Chicago and it was my first time there. And I like, put together this like whole uh playlist of Chicago artists and that was like what I listened to like on the plane there the Mm. whole time being there the plane plane back home and it just like I felt like it just connected me with the city a little Mm. bit more uh just thinking about like you know how uh think about the, the the place that I was in like the communities within that place like what kind of music they may be bump into within the within that space as well so I feel like for me a lot of times like if it is a you know kind of a city like that where there is you know that uh where they they do have that sort of musical thumbprint on the world Mm -hmm. like I tend to like shape my music around that so like when I was in Atlanta like a few a number of years back like literally all summer like all I bumped in my car was outcast like it was just it was outcast and future and I went to a Miguel concert that summer so like Miguel too but it was like I feel like the the where wherever I'm going the city that I'm in or the the place where I'm at like it shapes a lot of the music that I end up listening to while I'm there or like Mm -hmm. you know within that trip for sure when he said you're in Atlanta I pictured you Listening to future of Dirty Sprite. <laughs> Yo, yes, that was the album. <laughs> just no, no, you had Dirty Sprite in your hand. <laughs> <That's laughs> you were just, yo, <laughs> you were just drinking, riding low, riding slow. But you know what, though, that is like such a vibe out here. Like just that whole like leaning back in your car. Like it doesn't even matter what type of car you have because I be driving mm. my little Honda. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I just have these moments where, like, my inner, like, trap hood Atlanta girl comes out. And I'm, like, shoots out to, like, future city girls, all types of shit. And I'm just, like, windows down, (laughs) driving around East Atlanta, West Atlanta, 
South oh, Atlanta, yeah. not North Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 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 like, it's such a vibe, especially like when you're just driving around like these like historically black neighborhoods. Like it's mm-hmm. almost like this sense of culture and connection that you're feeling. It's like it's a totally, totally. Yeah, I remember driving to Stone Mountain to meet up with a friend while I was out there. And uh, I was coming through because he kept posting these uh, photos on his Instagram story of like these like shrimp and fish meals that he was getting. And I was like, yo, where is that? (laughs) I need need that. I need that. And so like driving to Stone Mountain uh, one weekend, I just had uh, Childish Gambino royalty playing like that whole that whole drive and it's just like yeah i feel like the the i mean music is i feel like those questions will pop up every now and then like what would be your like what song would be in your movie soundtrack or whatever Mm -hmm. like the soundtrack to your life kind of thing and i feel like you like music creates so many of those cool kind of moments where it's just like oh man this feels like a like this feels like a scene right now like yeah i'm you know my main character moment Yeah. yeah it's like a movie it just it like, does experience totally totally you, you get your background music um when i was in chicago earlier this year um me and my friends were just like rapping versus to kanye walking around the city he probably looking like the most touristy people ever <laughs> but like it just uh-huh. felt good like just like spitting kanye versus got back to the airbnb just playing just playing hella chief keith <laughs> Probably disturbed every neighbor in the, the city. Disturbing all the peace. Oh, they were not having it. But it just, you do feel connected. You do feel like you're a part of that scene and part of that culture, which, um, I mean, we kind of are by by just being inside hip hop music, just by talking about it, by listening to it. We're kind of already a part of that culture, but to be in that place and to be listening to the music, it's a like a whole different combination. Yeah. It's totally. Good. I've even seen just like with music in my own like creativity on my like on my social media and stuff like I I post a lot about my travels and I'll create like a whole story and it wasn't until like I would say I took a look at kind of like movies and films and I'm like wow these scores that they're creating or these music these playlists that they're like having to go along with the whole storytelling like Mm -hmm that something as simple as that matters it like tells it conveys the message of what the story is supposed to be about and that was like a tip that I applied to my own work and my own creativity with my own social presence and how I like curate my travel stories and I've seen just like how something as simple as picking a right song for just like what (laughs) the environment is Mm -hmm. like has a profound impact on someone like I would receive a message and they'd be like oh my god this song, like, it's so perfect. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, that's the vibe <laughs> I was going for. <laughs> um, but music will do that. Like, it, it hits you in the heart. It's a good feeling. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why, like, the, you know, when you think about, like, these apps that have sort of become more and more popular, uh, whether it be, like, Thriller, TikTok, even, you know, Instagram, like, introducing Reels, like, it's such a, uh, I think it's really interesting that like they chose to pair video with 
sounds and like mm-hmm. creating that like tying those two experiences together because like you know if you look at just like instagram or twitter or whatever like kind of some of these platforms that we've been used to like you know we think about video on those just as like same way you would on your you know shooting something for your camera roll or whatever it's just like all right whatever's happening in the moment cool like got some you know somebody talking whatever but like you get on these other platforms and it's like no like you're truly creating an experience for people whether that's you like lip singing whether that is like uh jade the, the kind of stuff you do when you're in cities where you're like highlighting different pieces and showcasing uh, different things that you're seeing. And also you have music that's sort of setting the vibe of those moments or even just like the, uh, you know, like the, the, the different sounds that we see on some of these things. Now they kind of end up creating these like meme moments with different stuff. So, I, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, I don't know how much time you all are like spend on like TikTok or thriller or any of these, but uh yeah. I found it like fascinating just seeing like how uh, how music and sound are sort of setting, you know, really playing an in- integral part in the creation of content on those. Yeah. So let me ask you guys something. How has your taste in music changed since you were young, since you were young to now? Ooh, that's a great question. Um. I think mine has definitely got more. Um, hmm. Well, I guess when I was young, I really didn't, I'm not going to say, I didn't really care for music up until I was like probably 12. Like there was some artists I really liked and some artists I could listen to. But most of the time, never really, never really cared. I, I was mostly, in, I guess, if anything. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> So I was into like video game music and stuff. I used to play um, Kingdom Hearts a lot and yeah. games like that. So I would listen to like those, like um, I think it's called OSTs, um, original soundtracks. So I mostly listened to that, played that on my PS2 and that was it. It wasn't until I think I was in eighth grade when my sister showed me this hip hop blog site. I think I, we talked about it before called, it's called Real Talk NY, but they covered... <laughs> all hip hop in the blog era. This was like 2008. Um, so that's when I started finding out um, like Drake, J. Cole, uh, Mac Miller, Big Sean, all these different artists that blew up in that era. And I was like, wow, these guys are, aren't the typical rappers I hear on the radio. They have like other things like that. Then I found two other rappers, Charles Gambino. It was like, oh, he talks about Kingdom Hearts and stuff. But like, this is what I like. This is what I grew up on. Then um, X, this other artist named XV, who's a, he's not defunct, but he was a dope rapper that talked about games and stuff like that. Yeah, he was tight. He was super dope. But um, I think I, I found out that music wasn't monolithic. It, looked, it wasn't one thing I heard. And it let me expand what I thought music was. And that's how it kind of changed me. Then I started listening to samples of the songs I heard. And I was like, oh, this is what my dad used to play, but I never really paid attention. Then I kind of like gravitated towards that. Then from then it was just like a, just a snowball effect when I just started embracing all music. Yeah, yeah that's, that's tight. That's tight. Cause I, yeah, I do feel like uh, for me, like video games were like 
the yeah. you know like big uh growing up just in terms of, like kind of introducing me to different music like mm-hmm. i remember uh nba live 2003 i think i talked about it on here like they had like a soundtrack that went uh-huh. with the game and uh you could just like you would just i mean like they had like joe budden on there like outcast was on there like it was a crazy yeah like the, the soundtrack was crazy it was like so so star-studded but uh i mean growing up just i feel like so much of my music taste growing up was inspired and influenced by riding around in the car with my mom mm-hmm. and her playing like quiet storm and uh you know, playing like Phyllis Hyman and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. just feeling like, yo, this is, this is cool. And there's, you know, there's the sentimentality of it, but also it's just like, these songs are really good, but it wasn't until, <laughs> I think I may have talked about it on here before, but it wasn't until like third or fourth grade that uh, I heard like, like truly heard rap for the first time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was at a friend's house as a white kid and he was like, yo, have you ever heard Eminem? <laughs> and I was like, nah. And he played me, uh, he played me cleaning out my closet from the Eminem show album. And I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) I have never heard anything like this, but it was also like, I could clearly remember like, like I, I'm not going to do it here, but like the, the first verse, like know that joint word for word, just Mm -hmm. from that moment of hearing it at his house. And so from there, it was just like, Oh man, like rap is really cool. And as I started to get more into it like listening to 50 cent and hearing his songs on the radio mm-hmm. the game uh you know and then like starting to get more into kanye and stuff and then from there like i started making my own music and like trying to like write my own stuff and like find beats on youtube and you know put them into audacity free software or whatever mm-hmm. but like for me i felt like a lot of my music taste ended up being impacted in that time because like I had this like rap like this love for rap that was starting to come in and like how these artists were tying different words together and a lot of that Mm. ended up getting inspired by like Lil Wayne and uh, Kanye and stuff but then also I was in these like these mostly white environments where kids were listening to like MGMT and Vampire Mm -hmm. Weekend and like different indie bands and then I started finding hip-hop artists like Kid Cudi and Mm. different folks who were like working those songs into the music that they were making yeah 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 and it was like that was when it became like really exciting because like then it was like oh I can see myself in these artists because like they're in this they're into the same kind of stuff that I am and Mm -hmm. so I would say like since then like those have really been like those are still the artists to this day that like I look at and they shape so much of the way that I approach music because like you know they were the ones that really showed me like uh you know in a sense like I wasn't alone and that there were other people who were thinking like me too so uh yeah long-winded but that's kind of my my musical (laughs) transformation if you will (laughs) what about for you um it's been an interesting journey (laughs) i feel like 
welcome welcome to the red table yeah let's, let's go on this ride where's miss jada at yes <laughs> i feel like my taste in music definitely has gone through what i would consider phases um because they have literally represented every phase of my life um when i was a kid i was obsessed with all things disney channel Yes. So like every song that Raven Simone sang. <laughs> Yo, were you were you listening to the, the Disney Mania? Series? I was. I yes. Was, oh my oh, god. Like, it was my favorite. And then. Oh my god. I think like growing up, also just like after that that Disney phase, I went through this like intense gospel phase where I was just like Ooh. only listening to black gospel so Kirk Franklin <laughs> like some, uh, was just some, like some Marvin Sapp yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just this just made me feel so old I was just say was constantly on my mp3 player not yes, <laughs> the iPhone <yes. laughs> and um I think since then I had just like gone through so many phases like especially with my family again just like growing up growing up on a lot of reggae oldies and dancehall especially 90s and 80s dancehall but um it was interesting too because like my family's also from new york so i grew up like mm -hmm. 50 set jc nas a lot of like new york artists and yeah. i would also like go to school and everyone's like listening to atlanta rap which at that time was snap music so yes <laughs> that like soldier boy <laughs> yo laffy laffy taffy laffy used to taffy. be my ringtone yo <laughs> <laughs> like laffy taffy was that was that yo music. a cultural reset <laughs> oh a my god <laughs> when fabo started yelling like the world shifted and people was like <laughs> You walk around the street and just do Fabo real quick, paint their legs up, <laughs> and then I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> or Young Jock, like, oh my god, this, like real southern, like I don't even know if they were calling it trap back then, but just southern mm -hmm. rap. Um, and then I think just like as I got older, like later into my teens, especially going into college, like I was just so around so many like different types of international students <laughs> so i was like getting accustomed to their type of music which like kind of birthed my love for latin music as well mm -hmm. but also caribbean music that's outside of jamaican music so haitian music zouk and um compa and merengue like just all types of music and then i want to say i went through a very hardcore dance hall phase <laughs> um, where I was oh, yeah. just like, I used to be on the dance hall scene in Atlanta. Me and my girls had a dance hall crew, which is very- Oh my God. Stop. Yes. <laughs> Stop. Yo. The clubs dancing are like with the men, like, cause the men, cause like dance halls run by men, but we would just be like an all female crew Dude. out in the clubs, living our if best. I, <laughs> if I get word, that you were out there doing the Beanie Man dance in the club, no. Jump, jumping off ladders. No, no. jumping off ladders. I had some sense. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild though because when I look at my younger self, like I was always like very cognizant of like my brands or whatever that was. Mm. So even when I would be on the dance hall scene, I would still be thinking like, okay. If this gets on the internet 10 years from now, people are not going to understand what I'm doing. So I have to hide my face. So I'm always, like, There's videos on YouTube of me out and dancing, but you're never going to see because I didn't have my hat on. At oh, all. my God. And I remember 
me and my friends got booked to do a, a music video and they were like hey jay can you take off your hat and they were all like nah she can't take off the hat <laughs> Yeah, it's in our contract like a superhero (laughs) I was like I'm a dance but no one's gonna know my identity oh my god my name was Lico Chiny (laughs) yes I had like a whole life it was weird (laughs) oh my god I love this wow (laughs) oh my goodness I love all of this it's amazing yo I used to I used to watch videos <laughs> of people like, what is it called? Daggering? <laughs> but you know what's funny though? And it's wild. Wait, because- wait, 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 wait. You just used to watch videos of you just went to YouTube and searched up Daiquiri. Fascinating. Me and my boys in college, we were so fascinated by Oh yeah. It. We were just For like, sure. what? How? <laughs> like <laughs> they're you alive? Look, you look like you're hurting them. Yeah. <laughs> it's assault. It is. But that that's like the funny thing too, because like I was saying, like it has all been about phases in my life. And I think mm-hmm. as I got older and like discovered feminism and just like who I wanted to be as a person, I was like, Dan Paul is very misogynistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I honestly just like had to like, I was like, I can't listen to Dan Paul like this aggressively anymore because like the way they talk about women is horrible. <laughs> and same for rap sometimes. Along with every genre totally. of music. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I was yeah. about to say, I was like, yep. Yeah. yeah so I, I think like, especially now that I'm like in my late 20s, I'm just kind of like, all I want to listen to is like some old people sing about love. Yeah. <laughs> my soul oldies. All I want is some like Aretha and Roy Ayers, like you said. That's all I want. Bro, I just I just listen to sad white girls and just like <laughs> try to try to cry. Yes. <laughs> the sad white women, they be in their feelings. And yeah, they are it. having they're having some moments this yes, year. Deep moments. <laughs> I, I was thinking um of um, Aretha Franklin, the Say Later player, like when she was like, every morning I wake up, before I put on my makeup, I say a prayer for you. You know how sweet that is, Al? So oh my God. How wholesome and kind. Like I feel that mood of just listening to old, old souls talk about uh, love. Yeah. Cause I, uh, the song that I used to listen to all the time was uh, Lenny Williams, Cause I Love You. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, there is that, his monologue at the end where he's just like, I watched television until television went off. I'm like, (laughs) who watches, who first says like, I watch television, but then it's like, refers to it again as like, until television went, like there was no TV. TV was the full name, television. I love that. Like, I love the monologues before they start. Oh my God. We, yo, we need them back. You know I love you. Hey, hey, girl, (laughs) girl. I remember when you said to me the other day. I'm I'm, yo. Listen to Tuxedo, because I swear to God, on on July, he said, "Girl, you hide in the the summer sun, and you just make me think about the things I want to do to you." Then he just starts going like, "I'm telling you, if you want that vibe." Speaking of, what you all? This is way late. This is. I mean, I feel like an old head, but. 
Bruno Mars when he put out that project a few years ago mm. with the uh the I forget the name of it but 24 karat yeah what you all think about that just in terms of, like the context of this kind of music that we're talking about I don't know it, it's Bruno was so fascinating to me because I think like there was definitely that period of time where everyone was just like he's appropriating and I'm just like yeah Mm. I, I mean, I feel like it's a fine line. I think he was definitely right. appreciating. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Bruno has always been so fascinating to me because I feel like his music is very timeless. And I think that's an intentional choice that he makes. I, I totally think not trying to, you know, be at the top of the charts. And, and it's funny because we were just talking about Rihanna. Like he um, posted this post where he was basically talking about the Grammys and he was like, if you don't make music, you can't, <laughs> like, you can't. <laughs> it is so funny. I'm like, that's so true. Because, like, right. him and Rihanna are, like, in the same boat. They're just, like, chilling, living their best lives, and putting mm-hmm. out music when they want to. But Bruno is just an incredible talent, and I will always love that. I appreciate that about him. He just, his music, I think, just stands the test of time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think... I slept on it for a while because I didn't really listen to Bruno Mars, but I remember just um, throwing it on at work, and I was transported to another place. Yo, it's dimension is I I was so enthralled by it. Like it was amazing. I was like, this is this is something I haven't heard before coming from a modern artist, and it felt so good. It Versace on the floor. Uh, oh my god. Let me tell you about the video. You about to act up? I'm about to act up. I'm sorry, hold up. <laughs> the things I would do for Zendaya. <laughs> my god, I would go to a mine. I would mine 24 karat gold by hand. Now, how old is she? She's like two. <laughs> she's 24 she's okay. 24 okay, good. I yo don't try to get me every episode i get someone tries to cancel me i just like i see a little girl when i see her not True. that like, oh. i'm that much older than her but like she just looks like a teenager to me she's no, like, it's, the, it's the it's the disney, disney channel. channel effect yeah <laughs> oh my god Let's i'm go. weak would you all uh Jade, you mentioned the Grammys. Mm-hmm. What'd you all think about the nominations that came through? Is there anything that you're like, I I love this or I hate this? As, or? as Quavo said on The Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I can't with the Grammys. Like they they have no interest in really like nominating people who really deserve like that and that's just what it comes down to like mm-hmm. they just want to be good for them and they <laughs> I, I can't even get into the grams but i will say i just the people that should have been nominated or have um won they did it and that's unfortunate mm-hmm. and the grammys needs to do better like i'm at this point where <laughs> as much as i can't stand the bet awards because they are always so damn chaotic <laughs> so <laughs> damn chaotic I'm like, jesus hey, christ let's go back to the bet awards because <laughs> the people that's supposed to be recognized don't get the recognition mm-hmm. that's fact <laughs> it's that's hilarious fact. how long is the bet awards been going on and they still get like this Yo. but you know what i feel like this year because i didn't watch it this year but 
the pandemic from like I saw some, a couple of clips on YouTube and it, it actually seemed like this is probably one of their most <laughs> successful and I was like of course it's like the one where they're not actually live that's yeah funny. of course of course <laughs> but I do feel like with a war like because there have been a few war shows that I've watched over the course of the pandemic I think like the AMAs the VMAs and it was so just felt so corporate Mm -hmm. you know like it it just felt like all right we're like this person is like here in attendance tonight and we know like they were willing to perform so like Mm -hmm. they're gonna win multiple awards during the course of the show and it's just like that is so whack and i don't know Mm -hmm. like what goes into the you know the 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 selection and Mm -hmm. all that but it does feel very much like uh you know let me as long as this big name person is willing to show up like we're gonna give them a trophy or two at the end of the night as Mm -hmm. a as a token of appreciation right you know which isn't reflective of the way that people are actually enjoying appreciating listening to music and isn't reflective of like the way that like the this the stuff that you know, the stuff of, of quality that really deserves accolation. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, every year the, the Grammy conversation comes up and I'm always like, I, I keep up with it. And I, you know, I hear what people have to say and how they get all up in arms about it. And I'm also just like, yo, this shit has never, like, it's yeah. never been yeah. on our side. Like, it's just never. Like, it's like, it's right. shit. <laughs> Right. Like this shit has never worked. Somebody tweeted like, yo, we need to like, we got to divest from these award shows. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, honestly, like (laughs) there isn't really like we're wasting precious time and energy getting upset about celebrities we'll never meet. (laughs) Not get exactly the awards that they want. I I think that's like my final question, because I'm just like, how do we find a balance? Because yes we can divest from the grammys and then also do our own thing like a bet awards but bet ain't got their shit together (laughs) and i'm just like like i need people to meet us somewhere in the middle like at least because i'm like just because you know we're quote unquote boycotting the grammys doesn't mean i want trash work either mm-hmm. <laughs> like, totally totally something that's of quality still because that's what i deserve um right right so I, I don't know what that balance looks like but i hope somebody figures it out yeah i mean to me it, to me it pushes in the the, the direction of like all right <laughs> like imagine like what is the kind of musical experience or acknowledgement of uh you know, acknowledgement of quality and artistry and music that would like bring joy to people. And like, uh, this was, gosh, uh, it wasn't an award show, but I thought that the, I don't know if you saw like the Thundercat and Ariana Grande performance from the Adult Swim yeah, like show that they did, but that shit was so fun and just so like, it felt so good that it was just like, man, like, that's honestly like that's what I really love and appreciate like when there are those moments during award shows of just like just experiencing like good music mm-hmm. and like seeing that done at a high level like when 
you know, Kendrick was on that scene, like doing stuff more consistently. Beyonce was on that scene doing stuff more consistently. And like, granted, like, yeah, there's the, you know, I think we can conversate about the merits of like awarding people based on stuff or like, you know, ranking people based on like the quality of their work or whatever. But yeah. like, I do think there is a space for like, just showing off like <laughs> this insane musical talent and just like creating a space that just feels good and yeah. enjoyable for people, you know? And it sounds like Koku, like you were saying, like that eight, the uh, Anderson pack and knowledge joint that was on mm-hmm. last night, like, was that, yeah. you know? It was so happy. Right. <laughs> so maybe that's just a music festival, but also it's just mm-hmm. like, shouldn't you know shouldn't we be looking to have more of that that like reflects you know the the output of stuff from the year for sure that's something i would like to see happen more often for sure yeah well we'll see if it happens we'll see when uh, when 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 cocuchella (laughs) drops yes go ahead and have that Hashtag that. Like <laughs> <laughs> make oh way, make God. way. Make way. Well, Jade, thank you so much for thank you. coming on our podcast. Thanks so much for chopping with us and just bringing your joy and your knowledge to this space. As uh, you said, that, that as you mentioned at the top of the episode, that black girl magic that we that love to have. Black girl magic. That we love to love have. Love and we need. <laughs> But Jade, is there anything that you want to shout out? Any any pluggables that you want to oh, put plug, out? To the plug ether? it all. Plug it all. Of course. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jade I Powell. And that is Jade with a Y. J-A-Y-D-E. <laughs> Yo, remember that Y. Don't forget the Y. Or you're gonna be wondering why. Forget the Y. Love it. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah, yo. This has been it's been super fun. Definitely come back on if you have the time for us. We would yes. love to have you. Yes. Um, but yeah, can, this has been another episode, man. Yeah. Another episode. We did it. <laughs> we did it. We got it to episode 22. We 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 treat each episode like a, a new step of life we're taking. Wow. Wow. I don't know what that means, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, don't, I don't know either. Quite poetic. <laughs> some, some Shell Silverstein type shit. I see you. I can make things that sound like complete nonsense, at least make you feel some type of way. Damn. Yo, it's a it's a beautiful thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a lot of training that I went I took in. But hey, we're at this point right now. We made it. <laughs> we made it. It's been another episode, episode twenty-two. Woo. I'm your 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 beloved co-host, uh, Alex Lewis. <laughs> coming to you. Uh coming to you through the airwaves. And uh you can holler at me at Lewis Alex Ten. That's the you know, put your put your tens up. Put your tens <laughs> up. Don't forget the tens. Don't forget I'm gonna pull that ten, ten out on you. I don't know if that's a <laughs> no if that's a thing. thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't be don't forget the ten or I'll pull out the nine that make you get eight, get you up at seven. <laughs> that's a uh, ghost face. <laughs> it's like a ghost face killer. 
Wendy's. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> Yo, hold up. One time I was at Wendy's and I was behind somebody in line and I looked at the uh I looked at the register and they had spent like 90 bucks on some Ow. Wendy's. It was like the, the most quintessential, like, sir, this is a Wendy's moment. I've ever had. <laughs> it was crazy. Stacks. Like, how many nuggets is that? <laughs> <laughs> and who are they for? Who are they feeding? Right. <laughs> oh, Man. Well, I'm your other gracious co-host. Um, You're beloved, co- too. Oh, I'm beloved. Thank you. I'm your beloved co-host, Koku Asamoa. You can find me at Kenny Samoa. And that's K-E-N-I. Then Samoa like the cookie. Just Ooh. search me up if you want to see a complete fool act a fool. Because that's what I do. <laughs> an absolute clown. <laughs> an absolute clown. At, you want to see an absolute clown at the circus? Just take a one look at my story and you'll be <laughs> flabbergasted. But <laughs> oh my God. And by the way, I was a guy at Wendy's. <laughs> I was, that was me. <laughs> I didn't want to say nothing, but Koku bought all the nuggets. That's why a... you didn't get any. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a I had a whole a whole classroom of students to feed, but it's all good. <laughs> episode 22, Taylor Swift episode. We got Jade. We got Alex. Thank you so much for coming on, Jade. And thank you so much for listening. Peace. Peace. Bye.